0: today's episode is sponsored by nobody i mean we, i wish we had a sponsor but we don't but today's episode should be sponsored by american eagle outfitters because a couple months ago i bought a couple pairs of their uh stretchy jeans they're super stretchy jeans uh which initially i was totally not gonna buy because like i thought it wasn't cool to, for a guy to wear stretchy jeans uh, and they're not like to be honest they're not like stretch pants they're They're just, they're regular jeans, regular cut, but they're made out of this stretchier material, which means that like you sit down, you run, like whatever you do, like they just stretch with you. So they're like super comfortable. But more than that, the weird thing is ironically, because they're made out of stretchy material, they don't stretch out, which means that unless I like spill grape juice on them or fall in a mud puddle or something, I hardly ever have to wash them, which is great. That's better for me, better for the environment, better for my quarter collection. So although they're not sponsoring the podcast, I'm hoping that so many people will go into American Eagle Outfitters and buy jeans and say, yeah, Bart Campolo's podcast totally turned me on to these jeans. That American Eagle will then call me up and say, dude, we totally want to sponsor your podcast, which would be great uh, because this is a podcast in search of sponsorship, so yeah, it doesn't have to be American Eagle Outfitter, by the way. I mean, you could sponsor this podcast. Get on the website BartCampolo.org and check it out. Uh, in the meantime, let's get on with the show. You're listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey, welcome to the first show of 2016. And I guess I should say the the first show of my new rebooted podcast, because for those of you that listened to to the show before when it was called The Wonderful Podcast, I guess it turns out that all of last year's podcasting was kind of a big dress rehearsal, because eventually what happened was a lot of people came to me and said, hey, I think you've got something there. Like, I th- I think podcasting might be a good way for you to get the message out, but... You really got to up your game. And so this year, like for the first time, I've I've actually got a team of people working with me. Uh, A friend of mine from Orange County, a guy named Peter Montoya, looked me up last year after having heard some stuff. And Peter's like a branding expert. And he's been involved with like Tony Robbins and all sorts of other people at different points in his career. And he said, listen, I think you've got something there. But man, you are really going to have to up your game. And so I introduced Peter to John Wright, the documentary filmmaker and radio host who's kind of been helping me with this stuff from the beginning with, with website and podcast. And John said, listen, man, I didn't want to say anything, but I'm thinking the same thing. Like we, we got to do better. And John suggested that we bring in Roman, my son Roman, who some of you know from a podcast last year that was my most popular podcast of all. Um, Roman's just this really bright young musician, actor, Smart guy in Hollywood, um, and, and and he said, John said, you should have Roman come in and talk to you every now and again. He's really good with you, and um, and Roman said, yeah, he he would be totally into that because you know he I mean he cares about this stuff, and he, I mean he cares about me, but he also cares about these ideas, and he wants this to be a good podcast. But when Roman came in to meet with those guys, the first thing he said was, "Listen, that name has got to go." Is this like an inside joke that nobody but you know, like the wonderful, get it, full of wonder, the wonderful podcast? And he was like, "Yeah, that. If you want to appeal to a broader scope of people, you gotta you you gotta freshen that up." And so it, you know, it's really hard to name a podcast. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say it's taken weeks to kind of test out names, and we thought we had it here, we thought we had it there. You know, at one point, I was actually even doing a a kind of a, I was in a meeting with Roman doing a a test-run podcast, and as I started talking, he said, man, that's some self-righteous bullshit you're putting out there. And and we looked at each other, and he said, that's what you should call it. (laughs) That's perfect. He said, because, you know, I'm I am, like, I'm a former evangelical Christian preacher, but more than that, I'm a person who really is trying to I don't know, like, motivate people to embrace loving relationships and, and, and meaningful work and a sense of wonder as a way to make the most of their lives. And, you know, it's easy to, like, a guy like me, it's very easy for me to come off self-righteous and for me actually, to, like, to tread into that territory. And Norman said, like, you should call the show that because then, like, if you, if you go there and you're starting to get all preachy and somebody says, oh man, that's some self-righteous bullshit, you just look at them and go, like, yeah. That's why I called the show that because I knew that, you know, it's, it's sort of like that when in 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 the movie Eight Mile when Eminem is in the rap battle and the other guys have all this negative information about him and he's they're like going to tear him up in the rap battle and he goes first and before they get a chance he puts it all out there he says yeah I live in a trailer and yeah I got beat up by you guys and yeah my girlfriend dumped me and he makes it all work and then. When it comes to their turn, like, there's nothing they can say because he's already said it. And Roman's like, You should just already say it. Yeah, I know, I'm full of shit. But uh, as as many of you know, although being the humanist chaplain at USC is an amazingly cool title, it is not a paying gig at this point. Um, there are a lot of religious directors at USC and they're all supported by their religious community. So, like, the, at Chabad and Hillel, the Jewish. Rabbis that are ministering to Jewish students on campus, they're, they're supported by the Jewish community and the Catholic Center. Um, you know, this huge building that, th- that the Catholics have built and they have a huge staff of people doing campus ministry, but you know, it's all supported by the Catholic Church, you know, keep our kids Catholic. And there's a bunch of evangelical Christian ministries and they all have staff that are supported by evangelical Christians who want them to kind of do the, do the outreach thing on the campus. But like for me, Most of the students on the campus might be secular, but there's no community to support me to minister to them. In fact, most of the secular community has no idea, like, what does that even mean to be a humanist chaplain? You know, they think, like, what are you, trying to convince people not to believe in God? And I'm like, oh, no, it has nothing to do with that. My job is to take the students that don't believe in God but want to be really good people and want to live really good lives— And kind of equip and inspire them to build loving relationships and to to, to find work that really makes the world a more just place and a more sustainable place and, and how to cultivate in themselves a sense of peace, a sense of wonder, a sense of gratitude so that their lives are full and rich and terrific. And so, like, I'm not here to make Christian kids or Muslim kids or Jewish kids into non-believers. Believe me, like, the world takes care of that for me. I'm here to take kids who don't believe in God and and, and bring them into a fellowship that can transform their lives in really positive ways. But, like, honestly, there's not a lot of support for that kind of thing. Like, if I was doing anti-Christian stuff or, or church and state stuff, I might be able to raise money. But for this kind of stuff, it's tough. So, I mean, like, right now I'm in the process— of looking for a job. I mean, if you hear this podcast and you have a job that you think like a washed up evangelist like me could do, you should call me and tell me because I need a job right now so that I make enough money so that I can stay engaged with the students at USC nights and weekends um, until I'm able to raise enough money that I can go back to doing it full time. Um, But in the meantime, I'm thinking, man, if I'm applying for jobs and they Google my name and the first thing they see is Bart Campolo, self-righteous bullshit it might not speak well. So, you know, we kicked around a bunch of things, you know, unquestionable brilliance, which we thought was a joke. Uh, but then maybe we should call it questionable brilliance. And then I thought like, well, that's arrogant because I'm acting like it'll all be brilliance. And so maybe we should call it questionable stuff. But in the end, you know, we we're, we were kind of kicking it around and we asked a bunch of people. and And what kept coming back is, hey, say something that talks about what these conversations are supposed to accomplish in our lives what are we tra- like when i'm talking to all these scientists because i mean i'll be talking to a lot of people at usc because i have access to scientists and psychologists and and historians like really cool people but the conversations always cycle around like okay that's a great big idea how can we use it to make our lives better to make our relationships better and so in a real sense, like that's what it's all about for me and the people I'm talking to is how do we use information that we learn in the world to humanize ourselves, to become more the kind of people that we want to be. And so hence the name Humanize Me, kind of a play off of Supersize Me. Um, and so, I mean, I hope it works as a, as, as a title. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. Like we, you know, we'll change it, but For now, I mean, I think the thing is, it's not just the name that's changing. It's that like, we're gonna, we're gonna up the game. The, the production values are gonna be better. For any of you that watched last year, and I say watched because we used to try to do these terrible video Skype interviews and everyone hated them every you know you people would watch them because it was there to watch but they were like it's distracting who wants to watch you talk you're not that handsome uh, it was it was the production values were so terrible and so like it'll all be audio the other thing is we're going to be regular we're going to be every two weeks we'll put something out there every two weeks and the idea is is that hopefully we'll be able to build an audience build a community really of people that want to participate in these conversations, that want to send in questions, that want that want to push things, that want to write to me and say, like, what you said was stupid or what that other guy said made sense to me or this. Is, where do you go from here? Build a, a community of people that want to have a conversation about not just how to be happy. I think that sometimes people, they hear me quoting Ingersoll that the only value is happiness or that the thing to do is be happy and they think I'm talking about just like giddiness. But what Ingersoll meant was probably something much closer to Flourishing, you know, well-being. I I was reading this book by Martin Sigelman, um, called Flourish and and Sigelman said like, look, positive emotions are great. Like it's really important to feel positive emotions, but he's like, people want more than that out of life. People also want engagement. They want, they want to, they want to be involved in things that, that's so Capture their attention that they lose track of time. I I guess if you've ever heard of the, that book flow or the idea of flow, and some of you know what I'm talking about. You'll be practicing guitar and all of a sudden you'll look up and three hours have passed or you'll be writing or or whatever it is that you do that, that engages you on at such a level that you get lost in the task. You're not even thinking about who you are. You're just thinking about what you're doing. People want that. People want relationships. People will sacrifice happiness for relationships. I mean, anyone who's a parent knows that. Every measure of positive emotions will tell you that having children, you will have fewer positive emotions over many years. You say, well, if you're not going to be as happy, then why would anyone do it? And you're like, because people want this deep connection. And children are the most reliable path to this kind of deep bonded connection where you deeply care about another person and you identify and you're joyful when they're joyful and you're sad when they're sad and people want that experience and they'll sacrifice some happiness to get relationship. You know, and Sigelman also says like people want meaning and that is like they don't just want to be happy. They want to believe that they're doing work that makes a difference for other people that make that will make the world a better place even after they're dead and people will sacrifice some happiness to do something that is meaningful. I mean, that resonates with me. I I think the last thing he talks about is, is people want a sense of accomplishment, that people want to feel like they mastered something, or they were good at something. It doesn't have to be like oh, I was a brain surgeon, but that people, flower arrangers, plumbers, people that are 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 servers, like whatever it is. There's this certain joy and and sort of positive experience that we get when we know that like we're good at that. We do that well. We listen well. We encourage well. And sometimes, you know, with with my college students, like that's the thing I'm trying to figure out. It's like, what's the thing that you're going to? Be able to do so well that you'll sense, "Hey, I accomplished something here. I I made something important happen. I built something." I guess my point is, is that I'm hoping to build a community of people that want those things, that want those things for their own life and that want to make those things possible for other people's lives and want to have conversations, whether it's about science or about community building or about interpersonal relations, but want to have conversations where the point is, Hey, how do we help each other flourish? And I hope that, you know, I mean, I hope that you'll give me feedback. I hope that you'll write in. I've got a, one of the things I've got topics for a bunch of shows coming up because a bunch of people wrote me letters And saying like, hey, listen, I'm secular, but my family's all Christian. I don't know how to talk to them. Can we have a conversation about that? You know, somebody else is like, listen, I lost my faith. I'm trying to figure out how to motivate myself to keep wanting to live when my foundation is gone. And you're like, oh, we can have a great conversation about a secular or a natural foundation for love and life. You know, and other people have all you know, sexuality questions and and questions about politics and stuff. I, I mean, there'll be lots we can talk about. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. I don't know which podcasts you listen to. People often ask me, and in preparation for getting ready to do the show, I mean, I've been listening to like Mark Maron's podcast, "What the Fuck." John turned me on to this podcast called "Tangentially Speaking," which sometimes I love and sometimes I can't get through five minutes of it. Um, depending on who they're talking to and what and and, and, and what the guy's talking about, I, it's the guy who wrote the book Sex at Dawn, and it's you know he's a fabulously interesting guy, but sometimes his guests are like so far off the reservation for me. But and then you know I listen to like basic podcasts like Science Friday, which is a great podcast from NPR, or you know Serial, which of course I don't need to pump to anyone because everybody in the world listens to that podcast. Miranda, my daughter, turned me onto one called Guys We Fucked. The, the, the subtitle is, it's the anti-slut shaming podcast. And it's two comedians talking about their relationships and sort of trying to establish a very different sexual ethic than the one that they grew up with. And I mean, it's really interesting. But what I'm learning is what all the good podcasts have in common is that the people are real. There's a, they're, they're authentic. And, um, that was, I guess, when I realized like, maybe this is worth doing in a bigger way, because even when I was a Christian speaker, authenticity, that was kind of my thing. All the way through my Christian journey, when I was a preacher, I kept changing my mind about things. And I was always, I, if I, if I changed my mind, that was in the next sermon. And I would preach that from pulpits. I got thrown out of places because I would change my mind about gay marriage or about who was going to heaven and hell. And I just kept moving and And so, I mean, the funny thing is like when I finally – when there was nothing left of my supernatural faith, obviously I came out and said it. And people were like, wow, that's so courageous of you to tell – you know, to to kind of do that and blow up your career that way. And I thought, you know, courageous. Like at this point, I don't really have any choice. I was in such the habit of saying what I really thought that when I really thought there wasn't any God, what else was I going to do? I had been moving so much that when I finally did come out – Almost nobody was surprised. I mean, most of my Christian friends said, oh, yeah, you're secular. We knew that. We knew that years ago, you know, sort of like a gay person who comes out and says like, I'm gay. And everybody's like, we knew. And so for me, if, if authenticity is what it takes to have a good podcast, I think we're going to be okay, especially when I have other people here. I, I just get so caught up in who I'm talking to that I kind of forget that it's being recorded. And I think we're going to have some really good conversations. I mean, deep down, I kind of think that this might be the beginning of something really good. Whenever I'm on somebody else's podcast, I was on Ryan Bell's podcast recently or Hemant Metas podcast last year. And whenever I'm on somebody else's podcast, I get loads of emails from people. A lot of times from post-Christians who identify, but a lot of times from hardcore secular folks who say, I haven't heard somebody talk about being secular In that way before. Like there's this positive energy. There's this sense of hopefulness that you've got that is a little unusual for what we for what we've been exposed to before. And I didn't invent it. I mean, my hero, as most of you know, is Robert Ingersoll from back in the 1890s. And Ingersoll, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who who communicates kind of secular enthusiasm and just joyful engagement with nature and just a deep desire to, to kind of suck the marrow out of life. That, that's that's Ingersoll. So it's not new, but I think there's a, I think it's for our generation we're having to reimagine that and, and sort of reformulate that and learn how do we preach our good news that life is worth living to the hilt that people are worth loving for their own sake, that that you don't need any supernaturalism to experience wonder and awe and transcendence. Anyway, whenever I'm on somebody else's podcast, people go like, yeah, more of that. Give me more of that. And so hopefully this is a place where we'll pump out more of that and we'll build an audience and a community around more of that. And in the end, it really will be a wonderful podcast, even though we don't call it that. Um, that's what I'm hoping. And if you'll stick with me, I know I know it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate. I know it's going to take me a while to get my voice to figure out how to do this. Uh, You know, we'll be fooling around with stuff. So your feedback is really important. But if you hang with me, I think we'll get there. When we're rich because American Eagle actually does sponsor this podcast and when we're famous because everybody wants to be in on this conversation. Yeah, you'll say I was there. Yeah, I heard that first show. And uh, strangely enough, it was uh, under a half an hour. Which, I'm going to wrap this thing up right now, and it'll be the first show I've ever done under half an hour. I mean, I'm not making any promises, but we're going to tighten this thing up, we're going to do a good job, and hopefully we're going to build something good. Together. Alright, thanks for being here, see you next week. For more information about the work of Bar Campolo, please visit barcampolo.org.